1: Look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers, to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into Sharp Money. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, filling in for Patrick Maher and Mal Shaw, alongside as usual. All right, let's get the uh, let's get the professional view on this. Somebody feet on the ground. Chad Doings with us, Rip City Radio, six twenty radio host. You can follow him on Twitter if you'd like, Chad in Rip City. Chad, we appreciate some time today. So, of course, we we're just talking about the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. So, let's start with this. Uh, all indications are, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported this actually just last night that the Portland Trailblazers might not want a player like Tyler Hero. A third team is going to have to be involved. As we stand right now, is Miami still in the driver's seat with a package that really, on its surface, does not look that impressive?
4: Uh, I agree with the package Uh, initially not looking too impressive, but I do believe that Miami's in the driver's seat because if you look out across the NBA at stars who have demanded trades, they usually will end up where they want to go. So I think what's going to happen is Miami with Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra are going to have to get creative to uh, find a way to get something in return for Hero or get a third team involved where you can get more draft compensation uh, in return if they're going to pull out that trade for Dane. Because you're right, uh, if the Blazers, uh, they have no need for Tyler Hero. You know, a guy who is a, a street shooter, uh, doesn't defend well, he would have no long-term plans there. So Miami's going to have to get creative and come up with a, an answer for Hero, possibly a third team, because – You know, If you're going to deal Dame, you've got to make sure you get the proper draft compensation in return along with young players so you have a chance to build around the new uh, nucleus with uh, Shane Sharp and Scoot Henderson.
2: Chad, if you're Joe Cronin, what's the ideal return for you either player-wise or what's the number of at least first-round picks you're potentially looking at?
4: Well, depending on the the type of young players you're going to get back, let's start with that. If you go young, uh, this is a team roster-wise that – Lacks um, size and versatility uh, defensively. So you're looking to get bigger. They obviously need a replacement for Nurk, who is uh, an off injured uh, center. So he's likely gone. So you need a replacement at the five. So you're looking for bigs and young players, fives or fours, who you can uh, put up in the front court. And I would say, uh, depending on the young players, you're looking to get uh, somewhere between uh, three to five first round picks in exchange for that Dame deal. I think that's fair for a player who is at the peak of his powers right now. And wherever he's dealt, um, which is likely going to be a contender, he's going to help them in their championship window. So I think three to five first-round picks uh, plus uh, young players, I think is a pretty fair place to start if you're Joe Cronin.
3: So likely going to be a contender, and we know that Miami is in the driver's seat at this point. Two teams that have been thrown out there that I don't think would be considered contenders, the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Now, they both have assets that I think would make Portland really covet, I think, a trade there because they would get the most out of them. But what is that dynamic? We had the report that Lillard actually has some respect for Pop and maybe would actually like think about playing for San Antonio. Is there some realistic uh, thought that San Antonio and or Utah could be in this
4: thing? Uh, From what I have heard, I do believe that Utah, with Danny Ainge, is a very strong dark horse. Um, For those who don't know, Dame went to College at Weber State. Um, uh, People in Ogden love him. Dame is very loyal to the places where he's been, whether it's been Oakland, Ogden, or Portland. For the people who have taken a chance on him and shown trust, he's a very loyal individual. And I think it would be very hard if Utah came in with a strong offer for him to turn down an opportunity to go back and play in front of uh, his fans in Ogden. Probably not the ideal spot, but if there's one player in the NBA that wouldn't mind playing in Salt Lake, Dane would be the player. So I think Utah uh, with Danny Ainge is going to be a very strong dark horse because they have multiple assets they could offer up between young players. They've got that nice big in Kessler. Maybe Cronin could pull him in the process, plus should be able to get multiple picks. And then with San Antonio, um, not sure that, Many NBA players uh, look at San Antonio as a destination spot, but uh, the state, um, in terms of cost of living and taxes, is very nice. So you'll be able to get some money back on that exchange. And I think for Dame, being able to play for Pop, uh, who can put him in a position to uh, get the most out of him, and you get paired with the young uh, Phenom and Wemby, I think there would be some appeal there. So I think uh, I would put Utah ahead of San Antonio between those two teams in terms of the inside angle on Dame, but. I do think it's possible, but it, it clearly, if you look at the top two uh, choices, probably for Dame, it would be Miami. Clearly, number one, I would say Philadelphia is on the list. The opportunity to go pick and roll with uh, Embiid, and then you know Brooklyn potentially because of the market, and they've also got young players and/or draft picks they could offer up.
2: Chad, tell me a little bit about what Dame is like. You mentioned his loyalty, but what's he like as a player to cover? How is he viewed between the line? I mean, off the court by his teammates and the organization as a whole, just as a person.
4: Great question. Um, you know, probably doesn't get the attention it deserves because you know he plays in a small market, tucked away in the northwest, where the weather is hideous most of uh, the year. Uh, great to cover. Answers all the questions. Um, never runs from questions. So, as a media member, um, he's always terrific in terms of access. So you love that. Uh, in terms of the community, what makes Dame really unique as a superstar is that he's pretty humble for a global superstar that makes that type of money. Uh, uh, and this is something he learned in his childhood from the family members and friends around him who helped him, you know, navigate the streets of Oakland and and helped him uh, throughout the course of his career. So it, he developed that loyalty at a young age. It continued on to Ogden when he went to Weber State because they were the first school to offer him a full ride, and then Portland took a chance on him in the draft and. He's, con- he's connected really well in Portland. He's brought a lot of his family members up from Oakland. He's established his businesses up there. Uh, he's got uh, a great connection with the fans. A lot of times he'll stop in the middle of uh, some of the poor neighborhoods in Portland and uh, bring a truckload of shoes and just hand them out. So there's a, a definite love affair between team and community. And, you know, Rip City is unique because it's really truly a one-team town, and it's uh, been like that ever since they won the title in 77 with the fans. And the team have that special connection. And Dame is just an extension of that with the way he's embraced the local area. Um, He's wanted to be there and has shown commitment to the Portland Trailblazers. And if you you show up into town with Portland being unique and we like to keep things weird there and you show love for the community, you play hard, and uh, you you show a certain commitment to the area, people are going to go crazy for you. And that love affair has been in existence now for over a decade.
3: Chad doing Rip City Radio 620 at Chad and Rip City up on Twitter. So let me ask you this. Last summer, we get a trade request from Kevin Durant uh, from the Brooklyn Nets. It was the talk all summer. It was right around this time, too. right? summer league's coming up. And ultimately, when the season begins, he is a Brooklyn Net. Is there a chance that Portland still has Damian Lillard on the roster when the regular season begins because they cannot find a deal that they see fit?
4: It's possible. I would say that that's a possibility because if you're Cronin, there's no pressure on you to get a deal done right away so he can – you know, take his time and, and wait to see what offers get put on the table to make sure he's getting the best possible return for Dame. But you know when you draft his era parent and Scoot Henderson and you've got a young nucleus now, the last thing that they want is to have that cloud hanging over their heads as they enter into a new era and a brand new season with a young team. I just think that would be bad for business. I think that would be bad for Scoot, who's trying to you know really uh, emerge as a, as a young phenom and show that he can lead the franchise and take over for games So I think that would be a bad case scenario for them. So I expect it to take uh, um, possibly throughout the summer into camp, but I would expect a deal to get done uh, prior to uh, the new NBA season beginning.
2: Chad, I love the draft pick of Henderson. And then for people that are unfamiliar, because Shaden Sharp never played a game at Kentucky, tell me a little bit about his game. He was durable last year, played 80 games. Just from your perspective, what you've seen about him and how you think he projects out.
4: I I love my, I agree with you, man. Great athlete. Uh, He was, uh, um, he he got extended playing time, probably not as much as you would hope for, but he he played a ton, got a lot of uh, run down the stretch, but he's long, incredibly athletic. Uh, He's got springs in his legs. He can attack the rim and uh, he's got the potential to become a deadly three point shooter and they, they did a good job of putting him down the stretch when the Blazers were tanking. He was handling the rock a lot. Uh, they were putting him in playmaking situations where he had to you know, learn to deal with the double team. Um, he's got good vision, um, by all accounts, a uh, uh, hard worker in practice, and he's been turning heads ever since he showed up. So he's got a potential to be great and develop into that 3-and-D you know, type player in the NBA that's so coveted. Um, I think for him the next step is just continuing to adjust to being a young NBA player, being a professional Making sure that uh, his practice habits and his uh, preparation is on point, but I think the sky's the limit for him. And and the great thing about uh, you know uh, Shaden is that unlike the uh, previous backcourts in the past with like Damon, CJ, he brings more size and more length with his wingspan and his height uh, to where I think he could become a legit two next to Scoot and and hopefully develop into a defensive force. But that size and that athleticism is pretty special, and I think you're going to see Scoot, who is a guy known for his playmaking ability when those guys get into transition and Chauncey Bills wants his team to run and get out and push the tempo, you could see a lot of special connections between Scoot and Shaden with his athleticism because that guy is fearless when it comes to attacking the rim.
2: Chad, couple things, uh, excuse me, JVT, couple things Chad brought up are great. Mm-hmm. John Calipari thought that Shaden could be the first pick in the draft if he had played the previous year at Kentucky. And I love the point Chad just made about the size. Love McCullum and Dame. But those guys, you're, if you're running fives at the wire, great size-wise. You're talking about these two guys now are going to be monsters in yep. the backcourt. I think we're going to have the best backcourt in three years.
3: Oh, Portland's future is pretty bright, and they have a pretty interesting summer league roster too. That's going to be out here in Vegas. Chad, we are up against it. But thanks a lot for the time, man. We really appreciate it.
4: Hey, happy Fourth, fellas. Anytime. Thanks, Thank man.
3: You. you too, Chad. Doing it again, Rip City Radio six twenty. Yeah, I, I think too. That's why. You know, I was really surprised by the way it was all handled because I've been pretty adamant about this for a while and If I'm Portland, I'm, I was telling Lillard, like, sorry, man, our windows don't match anymore. Let's get this thing done. We've got a young core that we got to start to develop.
2: I and agree with you. And you, you you mentioned the Henderson pick, and you put him with Shaden Sharp. Now you got to go get a big.
3: All right, we have an update on Mike Trout. It's not really great. How much does it change the dynamic for the Angels who are scuffling a bit and have a big decision to make before the trade deadline? We'll discuss that when we come back here on Sharp Money.
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
6: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
4: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Download the DraftKings app today, and new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonus instantly. Use promo code vSIN VSIN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Would say equally good hair, but not as good looking. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, filling in for Patrick Maher, <laughs> who, uh, according to rumors, is recovering at home from calf implant surgery. Yeah,
7: right. yeah, I talked to him yesterday. He was a little groggy after the operation, but overall seemed to be doing okay. Said his calves are really sore, but they're gonna look great once they heal. Wow, he did
3: two. He did both of them, huh?
7: Well, yeah, they're a little undersized. He was self-conscious about it, so. And, and I just meant I,
3: like at a time. I figured you'd oh, do like one and then maybe recover. No, they, they, but... they say
7: you gotta knock them out at once. They get it's just like knee replacement. You have to walk right away to get used to it and he he hasn't worn shorts in like 10 years chicken legs huh yeah.
3: Regular Joe Montana. Yeah.
7: So this will help him a lot. So yeah. it, do do me a favor at the rap radio on Twitter. Just tell him you hope he's feeling better. Oh,
3: they're going to ask for prayers.
7: By the way, I
2: always hate when somebody fractures their arm or something and somebody's like prayers up. I'm like, you do realize there's like about a quarter of the world that's starving. Also, and you're worried about some guy who makes $10 million a year because he's got a fractured uh, pinky finger. Also,
3: what are the odds? I don't want to start anything. What are the odds of the person that's tweeting prayers up is going to their bed and genuflecting and actually, like,
7: <laughs> Dear Lord, I, please take care look, of the there, athlete X? There's only one ailment that I will ask for prayers for. And, like, I think we all can agree it's the worst of them all. It's that when you get an inside the nose pimple. Never had one.
3: What? I I've you were- gotten an e- in ear pimple, but I've Ooh. never gotten it in the nose. In the
7: nose is brutal. I thought you were going to say. It's two outs, you're down by three, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you know, one time. Give it the one time. Here's what I've learned. I've learned in those situations, no. God is never on my side. No, you
3: know, <laughs> you know, in the the most likely scenario that anybody, regardless of faith, will pray, it's when you're over the toilet, drunk out of your mind, and it just won't stop. And you're like, please, I'll never do I'll this never again. Never drink
2: again. <laughs> in uh, my case, it's actually true.
3: <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. All right, really quickly. Um, we were talking I we have to bring this conversation up because we were talking about this off the air because this does stem from the Otani you know, conversation, which is obviously, Hey, the guy could get traded. I don't think it could happen, but again, it is a possibility that he could get traded before the deadline and the national league teams have been thrown out there. We were talking about the Mets. Uh, If the Braves for some reason, like, I don't say for some reason, if they just want to guarantee themselves a championship, essentially just go ahead and grab
7: them. They could use a starter behind Strider.
3: I like, I don't know what I would do. That would be insanity.
7: It'd be the greatest offense ever assembled.
3: It would be cool to watch. And if it went down, like that'd be also a great, story um but if he goes over to the national league so it's there's a lot of different conversations from this the first of which i think is most interesting is our revamping of the award system in major league baseball i liked your idea which i think i think it would cause a lot of good conversations i know a lot of people get tired of like the mvp conversation in the nba but to have a league wide either as you called it most outstanding player and keep the league mvps or make it a league wide mvp and do outstanding player for both leagues whatever it is to have conversations today about, like, hey, who should win this thing, Acuna or Otani, and even if it gets traded to the National League, that still be part of the conversation. It'd be incredible.
7: Well, yeah, and this stems from the fact of uh, Amal and I were discussing last night, what if Otani's traded to the National League? He's minus 1,400 to win the AL MVP right now. If he's traded to a contender in the NL, I think that opens up that entire market where the next shot on the board behind him is 30-1 to one in Corey Seager over at Draftkings because he's not winning the al award if he only plays half the season in the league even though he's been to you know double the normal player
3: we're gonna we're gonna ask Bob Nightingale about this are you sure? Well, Are we sure that he wouldn't still win the award I, if he got traded to the National League? There's if a, it was possible.
2: 1984, Rick Sutcliffe got traded from what is back then was the Indians, now the Guardians, to the Cubs yeah. in June. He won the National League Cy Young. He was in the National League for about three and a half months. But this would be interesting because Acuna right now is a slam dunk to win in the National and Otani in the American League. But if he gets up, he wound up in the same league as him. Then what happens? That's really interesting, especially from a betting standpoint because Otani is such a prohibitive favorite. Corey Seager, second right now, 30 to 1. Wander Franco, 45 to 1.
3: I would think he has no shot to win National League MVP if he goes there.
7: No, that's the thing. So then Otani, the greatest season we've ever seen, he would walk away with no awards. Right. So I I proposed in the break we create the Otani Award. And that's for the most outstanding player in both leagues. The number one player in baseball, and it's about actual just production. The team, the team's success isn't relevant to the conversation who had the best year in baseball. It's Otani and the MVP can truly still remain most valuable players. And it, it eliminates that debate of when like Mike Trout's on a third place angels team, but he's clearly the best player in baseball, but people think he shouldn't be the MVP.
2: I, I like JVT's idea. Like we have the NFL MVP and then the offensive and defensive players of the year. So you take an offensive and defensive player of the year in baseball and then you have the overall MVP, mm-hmm. because the one problem that I see in most of these sports right now outside of probably the NBA, NBA, any one of the five players on the floor can win the MVP. Hockey, I think you can win it if you're a goaltender or if you're a, a forward or a center. I think it's very tough to win it if you're a defenseman. Uh, in baseball, Verlander won the MVP that one year, which I disagreed with. I thought if anyone's ever going to win it as a pitcher, again, it was Pedro. Pedro. And then, of course, in the NFL, we've got like seven players that are competing for it. And by the time you get to about halfway turn of the season, you've got about four quarterbacks that are competing Mm -hmm. for it.
3: Yeah. And it would just eliminate scenarios like this too, right? Where you have... an MVP award with a minus 1400 favorites at the top of it. And we're all just kind of waiting, especially if he stays in the American league, you're just kind of waiting for the season to end. And this guy's going to take it like the, the, the betting dynamic of Otani versus Acuna for whatever the award would be, would be absolutely fascinating. But if he goes to the national league, Dustin, your point's great, which is, what happens with the American League MVP? Because he would, I don't think he would do enough in the National League to be able to win that award and take it from a guy who's having an insane season in his own right, Nakuna. And in the American League, thats I,
7: I don't think it would be crazy if he still won it, but so very tell me unlikely. This. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list the teams. You tell me if you think that they can trade for him, and I'm going to cut it off at the Padres at 55-1. to 1. So let's go AL first. Tampa Bay. No. Mm-hmm. But they the actually Astros. make
2: the – real quick on the Rays. they make the most sense because they, they can make, make a, give a good pro- Yeah,
7: exactly. right. Uh, the Astros. No, no. No. Yeah. Also, it's in division. Yeah. Uh, correct. Well, well, yeah, No, in division, you're not going to make that move. That's a good the, point. The next team is the Rangers. They're in division two, though.
2: Right. That's yeah. true. Um,
3: I mean, I also think, too, there's the, this, there's the thought – I think you'd be more willing to trade him in the division only because he's a free agent right at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah. There's not a guarantee that he's actually going to stick around.
7: Yeah, but the Astros feel like a lost season. Yeah. I don't know about you. So Rangers, maybe. They, yep. I'd say yes for them. Uh the Yankees.
3: Yeah. They're they always gonna be around. Yep, right? yep.
7: And they could use them. They need yeah. a bat and they need an arm. Uh the Blue Jays? Yep. Yes. They're usually aggressive. Mm-hmm. The twins, no. Mm-mm. The Orioles? No. Nope. Well, they, have prospects. they They've got the they've got the cachet to do it. i I'm intrigued by the Orioles on a rental. If the if the price is not what the market value should be for Otani. They have enough surplus in young prospects to make a decent offer for the rental. Mike, sorry, good. I was gonna say I agree with
2: you there, but I just don't think they're good enough as a whole to believe in this team to come out of the American League.
3: I also think their their actions in the off season show that they like they didn't really do much in the yeah, offseason. Yeah. Like they weren't really buying into no this then. year. So I'll say no.
7: Then the Guardians. No. No. All right, let's go to the National League. The Braves. I'd say yeah, <laughs> yes. possibility, I sure. I wouldn't put it past right. them. The Dodgers. Yes.
2: Yes. I don't think hold on a second. I don't think the Dodgers are gonna do it. Because they're not want to, they're not going to want to give up those prospects when you can go get him. Mm-hmm. Also, the In roster's kind of
3: depleted. That's a good We're point, but that's that. I think that's the stronger point. He's going to be a free agent. Yeah. yeah, like let's just put the full court press they, by the time we get to the offseason. Yeah, exactly. But the Dodgers
7: are going to make the postseason, but I think we look at their season they're they're kind of punting on the year.
3: Right, and you just you tell Otani like, hey man, look, you don't even have to move, but you can yeah. be on a much better team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
8: uh, the
7: Brewers, the Brewers. No, no, they could really use them. D-backs. No, no. no.
2: no. Phillies. Possibility, but unlikely. Right. We'll like say that.
7: we'll keep them though. Giants.
3: I would say yes. They're already mm. interested in them.
7: Marlins. No. And then the Padres. Well,
2: they're. they're I mean, they're having a fire sale every which way. So who knows what they would do? Uh, yeah, I'd say no.
7: I'd say no. So right now that leaves us with one, two, four NL teams, one, two, three, three AL teams where he could go. Mm. That's the list. So we have one more NL team potentially in the mix.
3: Well, if he gets worn- traded to
7: the NL, this AL MVP race is insane.
3: Well, you're forgetting an AL team, the team he's on. What about him? I mean, he could stay.
2: He's lead You got. You have to accept this.
3: I don't. I'm, I'm just telling you, he could I, stay.
2: Look, I think it's a mistake if the Angels retain him. Yeah, it's it's, it's bad business. Oh, yeah. I,
3: that's another conversation. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. If you're running the risk that you could just lose him for nothing and whatever. Oh, I agree with that. If
7: someone's going to break up with you, they're going to break up with you at some point over the issue. Like you're not going to save it in the final few months here. Just move on <laughs> with your lives. Great point. Pick the team for a reason. Well, He'd yeah, probably never been to America. They tricked him by changing the name from the California Do you Angels think they t- to the LA Angels. Do you think Angels?
3: they took him to, like, Dodger Stadium? And they were like, this place is great. Like, this I, is where you're going to play all the time.
7: <laughs> I think it's all been a ploy since the day the day they rebranded from the California Angels to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to then the Los Angeles Angels. It's all been a ploy to Okie Doke Shohei Ohtani.
3: Should be the Long Beach Angels, but already screwed that up, too. <laughs> oh boy, I love that team. It's great. Love rooting for him. All right, uh, top of the next hour, we'll get to these uh, one ten p.m. Pacific time starts. Uh, I know that Dustin's got something in this Mets Diamondbacks matchup that maybe didn't go well. We'll talk about that more as we get to the second hour. Of Sharp money here on V Sit. This is
9: Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw v the Sports
3: Betting Network. Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 150 in bonus instantly. Use promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, when you sign up. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, let's continue our conversation about Major League Baseball going. Bob Nightingale, USA Today, MLB insider. Nice enough to give us some time. Uh, so, Bob, we want to throw an off-the-wall topic at you first because Shohei Otani is obviously a big topic of conversation every day because the guy's freaking awesome. Uh, but... You know, as we're inching closer to this trade deadline and thoughts that he might go, let's we'll throw out a hypothetical. Let's say that Shohei Otani gets traded to a team in the national league. My off the wall question is, is there a scenario in which the man who is a massive favorite to win American League MVP can still win AL MVP if he gets shipped off to the NL? <laughs>
9: That's a great question. Uh I know it's happened before, but I don't think anyone's won it. But you you know, getting getting votes, that sort of thing. Uh, Yeah, it would be fascinating to see how that works. I mean, when you think about it, it could be the first guy in history to win an MVP in ALN and all. But, yeah, that's a a great question.
2: Bob, the only thing we had that was comparable, I thought in 84 when Sutcliffe got traded from what is now the Guardians to the Cubs in June of that year, and he won the National League Cy Young. But you've got such prohibitive runaway favorites in Ronald Acuna and uh, Shohei Otani. We were just curious because it's only we're in July and they probably wouldn't trade him at this point in time until the deadline, so it would be interesting how that plays out. If you're the Angels, do you make this move for a player that can get you a King's Ransom back?
9: I don't, only because you know they say they want to keep him. They think you have a shot to keep him. If you trade him, you got no shot to keep him. I remember when the Red Sox traded John Lester in uh, you know, to Oakland A's that year, and he was a free agent. And uh, I think Lester wanted to come back. And they thought, okay, we'll, we'll bring him back at our price. And once Lester left, he goes, you know what? I, I found out life's okay on their side. I get, You know, I don't have to be in Boston. And I think the same thing with Otani. Like, okay, I don't have to be in the comfort of my uh, place next, you know, by the stadium and, and uh, so comfortable and everything else that he would say, you know what? Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and leave as a free agent.
3: So I've been pretty adamant, Bob, I am an Angels fan, so I've followed the team for a while. I think that Arnie Moreno and the Angels, the powers that be, won't really let that happen. I think he'll stay on the team through the season. But do you think the injury to Trout, we now know, came out about, what, an hour ago, he's going to hit the IL for 10 days, uh, or to be the 10-day IL. We don't know if it's the only 10 days. Does that change the math at all, that, that Trout's going to go down, that this team is riddled with injuries, the depth that they were lotting in the preseason, uh, now all of a sudden it's gotten really a big hit, and they're kind of floundering a bit. Does that change the math at all, that maybe the likelihood increases or we're pretty solid that they're not going to move him before the deadline?
9: they I mean, pretty solid they won't move him, but, you know, he's going to be out for a while. I mean, this is yep. six to eight weeks. So, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, mid-August at the earliest. So I'm not sure. I mean, they'd have to really fall apart uh, with the seven games back in the vision, hanging on the wild card race. If they went to a complete free fall, you know, then I think you'd have to talk to Otani, talk to ownership and say, you know what? Is there any chance you get something done? If you're convinced you're not going to come back here, then we're going to go ahead and move you. But it, it has to be honest to Miss by Otani, that, uh, that he's not coming back.
2: Bob, I'm going to give you the entire field in baseball, or you can have the Tampa Bay Rays and the hottest team in the world right now, the Atlanta Braves. Who are you taking?
9: Ooh, I'd probably take Atlanta right now uh, over Tampa. And right now they're the two clear-cut uh, you know, favorites. Uh, about a month ago, I actually booked hotel rooms for both places for the World <laughs> Series. I mean, I think they're, they're both that good. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But right now, I would to give Atlanta the edge. I mean, man, the way they're uh, hammering the ball and everything else and they're you know, winning at home and road, where Tampa uh, is a fabulous team, but so much more dominant at home than the road.
4: By the way,
2: I like the fact that he's already booking hotel rooms for the World Series. That's pretty good confidence in both those teams there, JBT, you
3: to got to do it, man. It's going to be a busy time if that actually, actually ends up happening. Uh, all right, let's go to another American League team, uh, one that has kind of hit a little bit of a bump in the road. They've lost seven out of their last ten. Uh, is there any worry that the Texas Rangers are starting, Bob, to maybe turn into a little bit of a pumpkin? The the runners and scoring position numbers were incredible. Uh, we know that the pitching staff is probably on thin ice in terms of being something that's going to be acceptable throughout the entire season and Any worry that the Rangers are starting to become a little bit like well, more down to earth and more of the team that they probably should be, as opposed to what they were?
9: Maybe a slight drop off. I, mean, I think it really helped getting Chapman the way he's been uh, uh, pitching for KC and pitching you know well for them. Uh, you know, I thought it was a real good sign that they're down ten to two. A mm-hmm. so great team like the Astros come back and take the lead in the eighth and you know losing the ninth. Uh, but still, you know, great team, great, uh, great manager Bruce Bochy. So I I think they'll be, you know, just fine. I think it's going to be a heck of a a race between them and the Astros who wins this thing.
2: Bob, don't criticize me for this question, but is there any chance the New York Yankees, if things continue to just kind of stay in neutral, I know they won the last couple of games against the Orioles, could be a potential seller at the trade deadline because this offense has been anemic. If Judge isn't back, I, I don't see how this team can make a push.
9: I don't see them selling. I really don't. I'm not sure I ever see them uh, selling again. They've tried that before. You know, mild sells. Uh, but, no, I mean, you look at what's happened. When John won the DL, uh, they've gone 12 and 13 cents. And they had a two-and-a-half game lead in the wild card race. Well, now it's only a two-game lead. I mean, they didn't lose any ground. Uh, no team in the American League really picked it up. Uh, you know, nobody really, you know, scared you as far as other wildcard teams that, you know, take over. You know, Seattle has been floundering, uh, you know, we know about the Angels news, everything else. Toronto has been a big disappointment. So I still think they get in. I really do. And, you know, we'll see what happens.
3: Uh, we were, I think we're starting to get a little bit more noise here. I know that uh, Marcus Stroman. The reports are that hasn't been happy with the uh, the lack of an extension offered to him. So what is the latest with a guy like Stroman? Because I, I feel like he'd be a highly coveted arm around the deadline, and I think uh, the Giants have been named as a team that have been sniffing around him. What do you think in terms of a future for Stroman here and what the Cubs could do with them?
9: Well, yeah, they're seven out. Uh, you know, if they fall too much further back, then I think they'd have no choice but to trade Stroman you know, he's come out and said he wants to leave as a free agent. Uh, but the thing with the Giants, I remember doing the story with him a year ago, and he says uh, he came so close to with the Giants and went on and on praising them uh, from top to bottom and says, you know what, I want to play for the Giants one day. So uh, I think there's such, you know, we should expect between the two. It's like, you know, why, why not make a move there? The Giants, uh, the Giants need another starter. Uh I would, I think, push him over the top and make sure they get that, that wild-card, you know, at least wild-card race, if not win the division.
2: Wow, the Chicago White Sox are six games back in fourth place in the American League Central, but this team has struggled all year long. From your perspective, what's been the issue with this uh, team?
9: I just think they're a complete mess. I mean, there's no difference. Uh, you know, I kept talking about, you know, Taylor Russo blaming him for everything. Well, they're the same thing. You know, it's like the third or fourth manager. You know they haven't played well under. Uh, so I think at some point you guys just got to break it up. You know trade trade away guys and almost start over. You know not completely. You know I won't trade. you know not can trade Luis Robert. You know shouldn't trade a Dylan Cease. But every everybody else should be on the table. It's just it's just not working out. It's just a uh, a bad fit in there. And you know they keep saying, well here we come, here we come. Well we've been hearing that for three years now, it's not it's just not working.
3: So I think at this point, the awards markets we've talked about a lot, the MVPs, Otani probably staying in the American League, uh, seem to have some runaway favorites here. But in the Cy Young market, there seems to be a little bit more um, movement, we'll say, that somebody could win this thing, one of like four or five choices in both leagues. For right now, who would you have as your top candidates to win Cy Young on both American and National? Well, I'd
9: probably have to go with Shane McClanahan in the uh, American League with Tampa. You know, Garrett Cole, you know, is right there. Uh, Nationally, is really open. You know, from uh, Spencer Strider to Zach Gallen to, a, you know, to a Marcus Stroman. Uh, you know, this would be your if any Closer, you know, jumped out. they have a chance to grab that award. You know, like if Class if A was fishing like he did a year ago. But it's a uh, wide, wide open. I'm not sure we've seen something this wide open. You know, a, a whole... Half, uh, you know, half a year. Uh, I don't, you know, there's not a, there's not a clear cut chamber in either league.
2: Bob, I'm going to throw in one more name for you in the National League. Tell me what you think. Blake Snell has been absolutely on a tear the last eight starts. He's pitched extremely well, as well as one in baseball.
9: He really has. Uh, you know, he was hoping to go to the all-star game with the, uh, with, you know, game being Seattle. He's from Seattle. Uh, you know, just from what happened before, you know, the previous months, I think mean, it's just, He's uh short, uh, but yeah, he's going to be a, a free agent. The market. He'd love to go back to Tampa really misses it. Uh, you know, he's been a disappointment in San Diego. Finally he's trying to pick that now. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he's a, uh, yeah, if he pitches like he has the last month, if he does that for the next three months of the season, then he would be in the second picture for sure.
3: Bob last 30 seconds. You a big fireworks guy or not?
9: Yeah, I enjoy it. I uh, think the last time I just sat back and uh, enjoyed the fireworks and back and watching them. but, yeah, particularly the uh, particularly the, the big cities, whether Chicago, New York, that sort of thing, it's, it's Boston. It's special.
3: Well, you're awesome, Bob. We appreciate some time. Thanks, man.
9: Sure, my pleasure. Thank you guys.
3: Bob, Nightingale, USA Today. I'll ask that question to you guys, too. I won't spoil it, but I'm not a big fireworks guy. <laughs> just say that much but i love america's birthday absolutely we'll talk more about blake Snell, by the way on the other side because that's a pretty interesting angle and also one of the names he mentioned 10 to 1 to win an award
0: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.
6: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: Download the DraftKings app today. New customers can bet $5. get $150 of bonus instantly. Use promo code VSIN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com for sports, uh, slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, let's head out to the phone line. Welcome in. We've uh, talked about it quite a bit. Jeff Fletcher, SoCal News Group. OC Register, of course, uh, covers the Angels. Uh, Jeff Fletcher, OCR up on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Jeff, it's good to talk to you. So uh, let's start with the news of the day. First off, Mike Trout, 10-day IL. Uh, what is the latest and what can you tell our audience about what's going on with Trout and how long he's going to be sidelined?
8: Yeah, he's got a broken hammock. And uh, that generally requires the surgery. But after that, it's not... That long of a rehab, it's basically a pain-tolerance thing. So pretty much it's uh, the best-case scenario is like four weeks. And then uh, some other guys have been like in the six- to eight-week range, a few guys longer than that. But he definitely said he's coming back this year. I would say, you know, the over-under would be, you know, mid-August.
2: Jeff, if you are the Angels, and you mentioned Trout being out till mid-August and things started to slide in the negative direction, do you look to move Shohei Otani or do they stay put?
8: Well, I mean, it depends how they, they play the rest of the team, you know, because right now they're three games out of a playoff spot. And I think if you're within striking distance of a playoff spot with or without Mike Trout, you have to hold on to Shohei Otani and try to win. You know, even if you're not going to re-sign him, and I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they can't re-sign him. Uh, I think they need to try to win. They need to try to get in the playoffs. And uh, I think they really want to sign Otani next year. And keeping him is uh, – a good step towards doing that. Uh, trading him away is not a good sign of like, hey, we really love you, but we're going to trade you away. So I think barring a, uh, a really bad losing streak between now and the deadline, um, I would expect they would hold on to him.
3: By the way, Jeff does know a lot about uh, Shohei. Wrote a book, author of Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played, uh, which you can check out. So uh, let, let me ask you this, because you say you want to try to win. Obviously, that you know players are going to do that. Is there an extra step? Like, could the Angels be active at the trade deadline in acquiring pieces? Could that be something that they actually do to try to push this? Because they're also, Jeff, as you will know, like, it's not just Trout. This is a pretty beat-up team as it is right now. Are they going to be active and trying to get help to try to push this thing toward the postseason, or are they just going to? kind of run this thing they've got their team and they're going to hope that that's enough to get there
8: oh they're definitely going to try to to get help if they can I mean they they had a uh, three infielders get injured in basically a 36 hour period yep. uh, in June and then they responded by trading for Mike Moustakis and Eduardo Escobar now those are not you know huge difference maker marquee guys but it still showed how they're not just going to go oh you know what was us let's see how our minor leaguers can do. They're, they're doing what they can to plug every hole as, soon, as best they can as soon as it pops up. So uh, they don't have a great farm system to, uh, to make a lot of hugely impactful trades, but I, I do think that uh, they're going to they're gonna take some risks because like we talked about, you know, they really need to win if they want to keep Otani. So even if it means depleting their farm system a little bit more, in order to try to do it this year, I think that uh, they're willing to do that.
3: Would that be parting with uh, Joe Adele?
8: Well, I mean, Joe Adele's a tough guy to figure out because his value is really hard to to determine right now. Uh, We're going to know a lot more about his value before the trading deadline because he's going to get to play because of Mike Trout's injury. So say Joe Adele is great over the next month and Mike Trout looks like he's coming back, you know, two weeks after the trading deadline, then maybe you can trade Joe Dell and get a nice haul for him. If Joe Dell is bad for the next month, then they really can't trade him and get anything for him, and then it doesn't really matter. So uh, I can't really answer that question now, but I certainly would know a lot more about it in a few more weeks.
2: Jeff, what does Shohei like to cover? I know 90% of the questions you probably get somehow revolve around him to a certain extent, but in terms of the day-to-day, I know he uses a translator, but just what you've been able to kind of gather in putting your book together as well as just covering the team on a regular basis.
8: Well, just to watch him play is incredible. First of all, you really have to not take it for granted and remind yourself how just incredibly rare what he's doing is. And people say, like, the first guy thinks Babe Ruth, he's even beyond Babe Ruth. Uh, Babe Ruth did not even want to be a two-way player. He just sort of did it while the Red Sox were forcing him to continue pitching when he wanted to hit. And even then it was only for two years. This is now three years, three and a half years, if you count his rookie year, that he's been a full-on two-way player, wanting to do it, excelling at both. And at a, you know, certainly a a time when the the competition is incredibly fierce in Major League Baseball, with all the technology and players from all over the world, uh, you know, the, the level you have to play at to be a high-level major league player is incredible. So that you have to, you know, it's incredible that he does that. And as for dealing with him, I mean, we don't talk to him a whole lot. We talk to him basically after he pitches. You don't get a huge amount of insight into, like, what really makes him tick. So you just have to sort of appreciate just watching him play, which is, is still pretty good.
3: What's been, I think the craziest thing for me, Jeff, about him is he seems to be a guy that not only is he great, he improves, right? Like that. I think that's like the crazy part, especially when you look at the last three years from back to 21, where he was hitting two fifty-seven uh with uh, about what? 46 home runs to now on pace to what he's doing with his power and hitting over 300. Like the guy is not only great, he gets better.
8: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the most incredible things about him is this aptitude to adjust and to figure things out. And I mean, Really, the the pitching thing was the biggest change he made from 2021 to 2022. He was so much better of a pitcher. He uh, walked fewer guys. He struck out more guys. He was more efficient with his pitches. He uh, was able to preserve his velocity better so he could have it for later in the game when he needed it. All these things were just like new things that he added. He he added new pitches. He started throwing a two-seamer last year. just basically because Clay Holmes threw him one, and he thought that was really cool. So he started throwing one. Uh, he added the cutter in twenty twenty one. This year he's basically changed his slider around. He's changed his splitter to turn it into like two different pitches. He's just incredible how he he learned so quickly what isn't going right. And so whenever there were there were times like earlier this season, he was in a little bit of a slump as a pitcher, and uh, I was just not at all worried because he's going to figure it out. And what he did was he he started throwing his sweeper a lot less. He started. Uh, not throwing at the lefties as much. He's going fastball more. using going splitter more. And now for the last month, he's been, you know, his normal level. So he's pretty good.
3: So we opened up talking about Trout and the injury. Uh, overall, though, for people who have followed the season, we know uh, it is a, a very down year for Mike Trout by his own standards. Have you dug into what's happened with Trout at the plate and what's with the down numbers and what are the changes maybe that he's endured this season, why he's had to go through this in terms of his numbers being a little down?
8: You know, it's really interesting because I was actually looking into a lot of numbers trying to look at, like, his peripherals and stuff like that to see what, a, what was happening. And uh, it really was – there were some clear differences from, like, five years ago, Mike Trout. You know, he was swinging and missing a little more. Um, you know, he was having a little more trouble with fastballs. But there were almost no differences between last year's Mike Trout and this year. And last year he still had a great year. He had like a 990 OPS and 40 homers while missing five ones. So he was still, numbers-wise, he was still doing it last year, and there weren't many differences to this year. And he really was just picking it up over the last two weeks. He mentioned in Kansas City in the middle of June that he, he felt like a mechanical change with the way he was kind of shifting his weight was, was the key for him. And since then, between then and last night, he did like 340 with an 1100 OPS. So it really is extra crushing for the Angels that he was just sort of figuring it out and turning back in to Mike Trout. And now he's going to be out for, you know, a month or two.
2: Jeff, when you look at the American League West right now, the Rangers are the three-game lead over Houston. Angels sitting at six back. Handicap the race for us right now as it stands here on July 4th.
8: Well, I've been saying all along that I still think the Astros are the team to beat just because I think the Rangers have a lot of questions with the rotation, and a lot of guys that get injured a lot. And, uh, you know, they were, at the beginning of the year, they were hitting like 330 with runners in scoring position, which I don't think is a sustainable thing. But uh, they're so far into it that you can't dismiss them, so I think they're definitely going to make playoffs. And uh, the Astros also seem like a pretty strong playoff team, so probably those are the top two teams for the division, and the Angels are going to have to just really get some things to go their way and have a lot of their... Their other guys, you know, get healthy first of all and, and start producing uh, in order to, to squeeze into one of those last playoff spots. I think really that the Angels, Yankees, and Blue Jays, I would say, are the teams fighting for that last wild card spot. And I would say the Orioles are probably going to get the top wild card spot, and either the Astros or Rangers, the number two one. So uh, I think that's kind of where it stands right now.
3: It's Jeff Fletcher, Angels beat writer, SoCal News Group, author, of course, Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played. Jeff, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate the time. I'm an Angels fan, so I, I read a lot of your work. Don't ask too many negative questions uh, of the Angels as you move forward, all right? <laughs> I'll see what I can do. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I bring that up because I don't know if you guys know this. They have, like, this policy where if you want to talk to coaches, you have to request. And if the questions are too negative, that ah, sorry, we can't do this. Jesus. It's a well-run. Oh, yeah. It's a real thing. Well-run organization. That was not like a fan. Don't ask mean questions. It's an organizational decision. All right. We'll come back and uh, Dustin and Amal will eat their words because it sounds like to me Shohei Otani sticking around, baby. (laughs)
4: Or a bedtime routine you'll miss
1: when they're grown? Sleep tight stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun.